Welcome, everybody. Love to mingle. About to have some fun, man. Glad to have you all here. What I like to do, my name is Carl Burnside. I'm the host tonight. I'd like to have my wonderful, amazing, esteemed guests introduce themselves. We're going to start with Tony. Introduce yourself. Let the people know who you are, what you do, how you're living. Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Tony Wordlaw. I'm 27. I reside in Chicago, and I am a dating coach. Okay. Yeah, she be dropping them gels too. Have me rolling, boy. <laughs> I know stories. Stories be off the chain. Man. A lot of stories. A lot of oh, stories. Yeah, a lot of stories, man. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, accepting my invite and being here, being a part of it. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Uh, Miss Lashana, you mind blessing us with who you are, what you do, how you living? Sure. So my name is Lashana West and I'm a mindset and clarity strategist. So basically I merge self-care and business strategy and support entrepreneurs with all of the things from life to business. Mm. Love it. Love it. Love it. My brother, my friend, Mr. Eugene, hit me with it, man. Who you are, what you doing, how you living? All right, man. Eugene Alexander, birthday actually next month in April, turning the big three five real estate investor, and uh, co-host of the Modern Dating Podcast. That's what's up. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, make sure y'all plug everything you're doing, where people can find you, all of that. Make sure we have all of that before we leave. So, today is the meeting of the minds. I chose individuals that I know regularly speak on dating, relationships, and their experiences. Very candid, very transparent. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's just funny. It's funny as all outdoors, man. This is the first episode back. And so we're relaunching this thing, man. The pandemic tried to block the blessings, but we're going to flow with these gems right now. So in late news, recent events, we've heard about Mr. Jackson. Yeah. Derek Jackson, Mr. Jackson, if you're nasty, right? <laughs> My dog been making moves. And it made me kind of think, like, prior to that, you know, Kevin Samuels was kind of topic, hot topic. And over the years, I don't know, when I was in college, man, I remember um, he's just not that into you. That mm. was a book that took over. I mean, every super popular. Girl, it's super popular. Like, seriously, every girl in the dorms had that book. And so if you remember the movie, think, act like a woman, think like a man, when they got the book and they was reading the book, like, all right, this is, this is what we got to do here. Right. Think like this, and we got to make this move. I swear, dudes are doing that with these not that into you. Swear. I mean, that took over the dorms. Soror every sorority chick had that book. It was crazy, right? And uh, I just, like, man, over the years, it's just been, like, so common. And I was in this group in, on Clubhouse. And Stefan Speaks is his name, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, he yeah, you remember, you know of him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty popular. Yeah, yeah, super popular, right? So I was in this group with him. It was a small, intimate group. And he was talking about um, why he doesn't really write a lot of books, like, toward men. And he was just saying how, like, you know, a lot of publishers and everything, they want you to write books for women because women buy books. Mm -hmm. They consume, we spend money. They spend money on self-help, right? Yeah. And so we know that women going to buy these books. They're going to go to the resources to find out how to date, who to date, when to date, all of that. Men, we don't really tap into that. 
Right. Trying to go off of what our uncles told us, our dads, or whatever, right? Yeah. I want to hear from y'all, man. You know, what are y'all thoughts on relationship coach culture? You're dating coach Tony. Give me your insight on recent event situations and kind of where where you think things are headed. Um, I think that's a great question. So I've been having a lot of conversations with my friends, in particular about the Derek Jackson scandal, mm-hmm. and. I think what was eye-opening for me was people are sitting back at home watching this happen in front of them. And they're like, oh, my God, she's being abused. Oh, my God, he's a cheater. And I was like, y'all, not to say that is right because cheating is wrong. Manipulation is wrong. But I was like, that's at least three or four of your homegirls. That's you. Mm. That's your, that's the guy you're dating. That's your homegirl's girl's husband or or boyfriend. And so while it might be staggering to see it on screen and up close and personal, and you know everyone's having dialogue about it, these are people that we know who are in these relationships. That's us sometimes. You know what I mean? Um, so it's a lot closer to home than people realize. And I was just like, you guys are saying she needs to get help and she needs therapy and she needs to remove herself from the church. And I was like, do you guys take that advice? You're in a toxic relationship right now. And when we say these things to you, you're like, no, well, da, 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 da. she made a grown woman decision to take her husband back. Just like you took that guy back. It, it, it is what it is. I think we need to have more conversations about toxic relationships, but these are people that we know and I think everybody's looking at them like they're an anomaly and they're just not mm. that's real that's real you guys have any thoughts on that where, where does y'all position on that Lashana what about you man I'm still tripping off of how when they did their video she had on a bonnet like she should have came ready to go like but I think that just goes to show what's going on in the home they didn't change anything she showed up how she shows up but what is going on with that? What's behind that? Because we're doing a podcast. We at least put some lip gloss on, you know what I'm saying, and whatever. But her man is famous. He's wide, very, very known. He's been cheating. You better come with your Sunday vest on, at least, in my opinion. So I just feel like it's something deeper. There's some mental health stuff. There's some narcissism. Like, did you see how tight he had her hand? Man, tight grip. It was weird. Okay, weird to watch. And it was almost like he was smiling, he was looking at the camera, but he was also like, you better say the right ish. I'm going to pinch your ass. You know what I mean? (laughs) You see, what about you, brother? Man, I just feel like the Derrick Jackson, man, I just feel like he should have told his wife that, hey, I cannot guarantee a lifetime monogamy. You know what I mean? That definitely should have been a conversation that he had. And um, I mean, but, you know, it's nothing new. We got biracial kids because George Washington was sleeping with uh, the slaves. You know what I mean? And Beyonce got cheated on. Uh, Hillary Clinton got cheated on. And your mama probably got cheated on, too. This is just, it is what it is. This is what goes on beyond the Eugene, are you saying normalized cheating? I'm just saying it is what it is. It's, It's what goes on. And then, and, and mama probably, back in the day, mama probably got a kid that grandpa thought was his. You know what I mean? So none, none of this stuff is new. It's That's just true. on the, on the screen now. Milkman, 
Milkman. It was it was uh, the pool guy and milkman. That's right. <laughs> put in that work for a minute. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's the the question about monogamy, right? And so there's a story that came out there, right after he did that video with her, that he reached out to another side chick. And so, is it at a point where people need to have conversations of whether they are fit for monogamy? You know, because it seems like that is at the, that's the kind of at the crux of what the issue is, right? So is that something that is too taboo for people to have conversations about? Or do we need to kind of focus on self-help and healing so that people are more equipped and, and, and able to function within a monogamous relationship? So I was, I had a really good conversation with a guy who was about, maybe between I'll say 33 and 36 and he was in a polyamorous relationship and I was just like this is kind of hard to wrap your head around right because a lot of us don't even have our head around one-on-one relationships where it's me and my boyfriend or me and my husband let alone now I'm adding a whole nother person and he was like well honestly cheating is more normalized than polyamory is right because not that cheating is good, but it's normalized. Like it's not uncommon for the husband to cheat or, you know what I mean? Like these stories, but saying, Hey, I have two girlfriends or, Hey, I have two boyfriends or, you know, we got this (laughs) multiple people involved, multiple relationships involved. That's a little bit more taboo. I think so for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. That's real. And, And it seems like certain questions aren't being asked during the dating phase. Right. These conversations aren't being had at all. I mean, and that's what I talk about all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what, what should you be asking? Like, what should a single person, a person that's dating be thinking about and asking um, early on in the process to kind of navigate through this, this situation? My thing is, even if you ask, who's really going to be like, yeah, I'm a cheater. Yeah, I like several women. Yeah, I like several guys. I feel like when you're dating, most people put up their representative. You're going to get the perfect answer. You're going to get everything. That's why when dudes ask me, what am I looking for? What do I want? I stop telling them. I need you to just be who you are. Yeah. Because once I tell you, you have the recipe and you're going to be cooking in the kitchen, (laughs) fixing everything that I've asked for. Right? (laughs) No, seriously. And then six, seven months later, we really going to see what's cracking. So I don't even say it anymore. I'm just, let's just have an organic flow that's yeah. that's my response I like that I like that what about you Eugene what, you, what are your thoughts on that brother man uh definitely direct verbal communication uh, active listening just listening to what your partner is stating and then uh you know just making sure the the core values is uh you know in line you know what I mean like are you straight Cause you know that lifetime monogamy guarantee. I ain't signing up for that. And uh, you know, just just being yourself, you know. And uh, in, in, the, in the beginning, do you really want to know all of that stuff? I want to know some basic stuff, but I just want to get get your vibe. I just want to see how you feel, how you move. And that that works out in the beginning. And then once you know, I you're you're vetted. You know, you gotta vet the person that you're with. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Um, and I'm really good at triggering somebody that I'm interested in regards to a long-term relationship. So 
So uh, if I trigger them and they, I, I can reveal somebody, I can take off their safety point zero two seconds by not not disrespectful, but just certain questions by just being objective. It triggers, especially women. And um, I mean, it just it just works out for me, man. All it is is just a conversation, just being yourself, being authentic. Of course, I'm. Uh, I always want to make a good first impression on any job, period. But also, I'm going to be my true, genuine self. Like that, like that. What, you, ladies? What are your thoughts on that? Is that is that something that you kind of um, experience? The guy kind of being upfront with you, kind of expressing in the beginning, kind of checking your temperature a little bit. Like, how does your dating experience go? I will. I would love to know how y'all dating experience flow because i'm new to this you know I'm, I'm i'm back in the game you know what i'm saying and i'm like oh it's crazy out here like hey, hey yeah we're we gonna, we gonna have to talk bro i'll tell you i can't keep, keep the uh, keep the investment very low in the beginning trust me on that you know oh my god i would say did he say keep the investment very low very low very low so you you mean go for a walk or go get coffee don't go to red lobster right I like to go get some drinks, you know, hey, let's, let's link up, let's go get a couple of drinks and, and just see where it go with that. I'm not here to feed the tummy. I'm not trying to do all of that. But if if, you, if you're if you not an uh, alcoholic drinker, then yes, it'll be some coffee or some tea or something. But I like to drink and usually the women on days, they like to drink. So we're going out on drinks. Um, I completely agree with Eugene in terms of having a vetting process. That's something I personally do and something I instruct my clients to do as well. Um, of course, you want things to flow organically, but I do have a list of questions that I'll ask ahead of time before we even meet up. Some right. stuff, obviously, you aren't going to learn until you spend time with a person and, you know, some time has passed. But some things I'm asking up front. So are you single? Do you have any children? What are you looking for? Are you straight? You ever been to jail? Major stuff like that that might be a deal breaker for me. I'm asking before we even meet up. How do you ask the um, are you straight one? Do you just like how does that come out? I literally just ask. I say, like, have you ever been, you know, had any experiences with anyone other than women? You know, and I think because my hair is short, guys have asked me that. And I'm like, do you think I'm a lesbian because my hair is short? Oh no, oh no. Yeah, you do. So I, I'm I'm big on like just ask the question. We're adults. Yeah, I like that. Be direct. Be direct. Be direct. Yeah. yeah. I have a problem asking that. I don't know. It's uncomfortable. Girl, you in Atlanta? How you have a hard time asking <laughs> it? What are you talking about? I know. I know. I mean, I don't. I know. I know. I know. I I just think it's so hold up. Yeah, I don't know how I would ask that. But I guess well, you I have to start. make it so that it's, you know, it's in your tone and it sounds like something you would say. And, you know, some guys are very head ass. Where it's like, why are you asking me that? You think I'm gay? That's a red flag for me automatically. Like, if you're a grown man, you should be comfortable enough in your sexuality where someone can ask you something like that, especially if you're early on dating and you should be able to add, answer it. If a guy asks me, have I ever been with a woman? I'm not going to get angry. I'm 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 not a homosexual, but I know how things is out here. Uh, I've been to jail, so guys that are gay, they're not gonna tell you they're gay anyway. So that's right. 
you, you will have to go through their emails, their phone. Uh, you, I mean, you will have to be around that guy. Uh, I mean, a lot to know he's getting. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I do know that sexuality is a lot more fluid than just straight and gay. And sometimes that might come out. Okay, I'll actually give an example. Um, I was talking to this guy and I asked that question. We had never even met up. And he was like, yeah, I did have an experience with a guy before. We were having a threesome. It was a girl and it was the other guy. And he was, there's actually a term for this where they don't mind being in situations like that with other men but they probably won't just seek out a man. There's a term for it, and I'm mad because I'm blanking now. So, Whereas another guy might be like, no, I, I wouldn't do that at all. Are you talking about he ran a train on another woman, so you're saying that's gay? Is that what you're saying? I didn't say any of those things. <laughs> I said he said that he had a threesome, and it was another guy and a girl. What? But he enjoyed the experience with the man, even though the girl was there. It was all of them having an experience. So I would drill down on that some more. Like, was the experience of the woman giving oral sex and you was having sex with her from the back? Was that the experience that you enjoyed? Or was that man physically doing something with that other man? It was, yeah. We didn't get into extreme level detail, like what was being licked and what was being touched. But it was understood that him and the guy had, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I know I real men lie straight up. They, they, they be. You got a lot of men that did things with men in prison and come out in the world, and they, they would tell you they're not getting period. You know, that's I mean? a whole nother podcast, right? Yeah. That's a whole nother show. Yeah, that that's is. a whole nother show. That is, that is, and I, and I, and I think. See, here's the thing, man. Like, there's so many conversations that it's like it's taboo, right? Like, we get, we get so uncomfortable because you can get labeled as anti-something or phobic because of a stance you may have or a lack of understanding. This is, we just don't have the conversations and it, it's, it's difficult, but and it's, that is a whole nother podcast that we can, we can talk about that and go in detail. Um, Cause uh, yeah, it's a lot there. It's a lot, but this is the thing that you go through as a single, like, how do you navigate this space where now there is people who are more open about their sexuality, sensuality, um, kink? I think kink is something that people don't really talk about, right? Because what a person, a person, be like, oh yeah, I'm freaky. You're like, oh, you freaky? Yeah, I'm nasty. Let's qualify that, right? What does yeah, that mean? Let's talk about that. Let's unpack <laughs> that. Let's unpack that because what is freaky to you? What's nasty right. to you? Because you may not even get the best experience from somebody because they're not motivated because you're kink, right? Because you got all these rules and regulations, you got all these stop zones. You know what I'm saying? For some people, uh, DJ Khaled, DJ Khaled, don't give fellatio to his wife. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's for some women, you know, is is a, a deal breaker, right? But for him, that might be the big freak thing, you know what I'm saying? Well, for other people, that's like a warm up. So it's like, I feel like finances, sexuality, um, and then just like, what is this person's goal? You know what I mean? Like, there's just so many things within the conversation that get missed. And it's interesting when I listen to Kevin Samuels, I think what he does really well um, is that he makes people uncomfortable 
to really do self-reflection. And so I, I know oh, you know if you read my post, you know how I feel about Kevin Samuel. I'm gonna let you finish. We gonna get to it. We about to go there. I ain't Let's go. Let's go. go. Let's go. He said to go. Godfather. <laughs> oh, you must be a high value man, Carl. You know what, man? I don't. I don't even do that game because I know it's a lot of. For instance, I saw a post today uh, where one was talking about why. Uh, I don't want to, she said, I don't want to train no, a dude need to just know what to do when I meet him. I don't want to train nobody to be no husband. I don't want to train nobody on how to be the best for me, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's a gross assumption that somebody actually trained you to be a good wife. Because mm -hmm. what's a good wife to you may not be a good wife to the majority of men. And I believe a lot of high value, what we believe to be high value women, um, have positioned themselves like if you start your conversation up with how much money you make and your job, your position, it might not be attractive to a high value man. Not that he's threatened by your position, but maybe he's seeking something different from a wife. So we gotta like, what are we looking for? I think that that's where, in my experience, where the biggest disconnect is between men and women. Women don't necessarily know what it is that men want. Mm. And, you know, I'm 27. That's Most of my true. friends have at least one degree. Some have two. Many have three, right? And so they place a lot of emphasis on, I drive this kind of car, or I have this much education, or I'm this far in my career. When in reality, you might be dating men who just want you to cook a meal for them. Like, right. while those things are great and attractive, mm -hmm. that's not what's going to make a guy fall for you. Men right. care like, do I like her? Does she listen to me? Will she make me a meal? Do I feel safe with her? Like, and women, we're kind of like on the opposite end. Like, well, I have this, 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 and this. And it's like, but that's not what he's looking for. If I'm dating a guy, he makes $700,000 a year. He doesn't give a fuck that I'm a CEO of a company is not looking for another CEO to be their partner. They're just not. And I don't think women necessarily get that and that doesn't mean you shouldn't get your degrees because i'm very big on get your money all your money <laughs> get your education travel live the life you want to live but there's just a really big disconnect between what men want and what women think they want mm. i like that and you said something very important to me you said does a man feel safe with you mm -hmm. because i know it's big women are big on men opening up being sensitive being vulnerable but how can I open up to you when I do? I don't feel safe. You don't make me. You are creating a space for him to be vulnerable. So I talk to a lot of my friends and clients about this all the time. And they'll be like, well, how did you get him to say or do or express whatever? And I'm like, well, you have to consciously create a space and an environment for them to feel safe to do that. I talk to my guy friends all the time about their relationships with their other male friends. I'm like, do you guys give each other space to say, I'm sad, I'm heartbroken, I'm really fucked up about this right now, or do you just kind of hold it in? And for a lot of men, you can usually do that with your woman if you can't do it with your friends. But if you have no outlet at all, you're eventually going to bust and it's going to be something bad. It might be anger, it might be alcohol, it might be any other outlet, but it's not going to be healthy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What do you, what are y'all thoughts on that? China over there thinking. 
No, I, I agree. And that's when crisis comes and it, it's, it's drugs, sex and rock and roll, right? Um, but I don't think most women know how to create a safe space because they don't know how to create it for themselves. Mm, but we're yes. looking for expectations from someone to give when they they don't have the capacity, mm. right? So it's more so what do we need to do for self-care? What do we need to do for self? So when that person comes, you have enough to pour out to them. So it's almost like an unrealistic expectation because um, you got to do your work every single day. Like I'm in the mental health field. Carl's in the mental health field. That doesn't mean we don't struggle with some of the same stuff. That doesn't mean that we're not doing our own work while we're serving, right? And, and it's hard um, and it takes effort every single freaking day. So conversations like this and even additional conversations have to be had in order for it to be some movement. Yeah, because Black women in particular, we carry so much. And then it's like, okay, well, now I need to come and heal you too. No, we got to take accountability. And it's like, I'm going to do my work. I need you to do your work. And we can meet up somewhere in the middle. Because I've said this a lot. Like, at a certain point, Black women are going to have to start focusing on self-preservation. Because you're pouring all these things into these men and you're not getting it back. And now you're depleted he's fulfilled and now he's off with somebody else and you dare trying to put the pieces together girl i know that story mm. <laughs> a lot of us do that's real that's real you know what the work you know like i think for me um a lot of people are disillusioned by uh okay and i'm i hope those of you who are watching walk with me on this don't don't shut me out when i say this i know people tense up and cheat it tight a lot of people are disillusioned by religion, right? Um, I think religion teaches you to uh, think a certain way, operate a certain way, right? Uh, whatever you ascribe to. Outside of that, or within it, you have to work on self. Like, you got to look in the mirror, see who you are, do the work. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of shadow work people need to do mm. early age, man. Like, where did the trauma happen? You know, you, you're not having issues. Now, you can't, you have to be accountable. You can't blame your parents for your inability to do whatever you're doing in your, your relationships, marriage, dating, whatever it is. Once you're an adult, you are responsible. Um, now, your parents may have affected you or your uncle, auntie, somebody may have done something to you inappropriate. There may be trauma in your past, in your, in your history that you got to go back to and talk about. You got to walk through that thing. You got to come back because a lot of us are walking around with seven-year-old minds, 12-year-old minds, 15-year-old minds for when the trauma happened to us. You got to go back and talk to that child in you. Do the work. You know what I'm saying? Come back to the trauma and then work through it. And I think sometimes we harden ourselves up. You know, we, we, we wear our, our trauma like a badge. You know what I'm saying? And then we constantly just kind of relive that thing. And then what's happening is that trauma within you is seeking out individuals that connect with that pain. So now we try every time we trauma bond. Right. And then it every time in the relationships. Right. So we get stuck in the same cycle and you get this mask on this facade. Like, Oh, I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm strong. And we, and money is a mask. So we think that money, success, fame, a lot of people are disillusioned by these things but still broken on the inside. So right. how do you even like 
you know, because those are red flags that you see and you you look over and like, I can fix that. We can work through that, right? We get in that 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 hero uh a uh, uh, hero mindset, right? A God complex. So how do you even how how do you help people identify the codependency that they're operating in? Because it affects your. That's so good. That's so good. I would say, and I actually was talking about talking with this about somebody two hours ago because they texted me and they were just like, I feel like all these bad things keep happening. And I feel like it's because of karma. How do I clear my karma? And I was like, well, one of the things you can do is start by identifying um, the pattern so you can break up because you can't clear your karma without knowing what the karma is. Why is this happening? So one of the things you can do is you do need to start with your parents because that's where <laughs> most of the trauma comes from. I get the once you're an adult, you can't blame your parents, but give them their due portion, right? Because they, they are the, they are the reason for it. Accountability yeah. is a thing. That doesn't mean you don't need to follow up and do the work, but we, we can't let our parents get off scot-free because a lot of our parents have done very harmful things. Yeah. But outside of that, think about all the relationships you've been in. What have been some red flags that have stuck out in all the relationships. If you always get partners who cheat or who lie or who manipulate, that's a part of your pattern. So you can kind of work your way backwards and say, okay, well, where in other parts of my life growing up, did I see people breaking promises or not being honest or me not setting boundaries? And it'll, it'll stack up. You'll find it if you look. Man, I I admit Man, I just feel like, uh, you know, uh, Tony, she's just dropping some nuggets right here. But, you know, the thing is, man, accountability and taking responsibility for your actions, regardless of what you went through in your childhood. We all been through trauma of your uh, American descendant of slavery. Um, and that's just what it is. But getting a, you know, a life coach, a mentor, just putting yourself out there, getting into counseling. I've been getting counseling for eight years. I had a mentor for three years actively, and I created my own support network. So anytime mm. I need anything, I just all it is is a phone call, and they're gonna answer because I have value to those relationships, mm. and they have value to me as well. So I got uh, a lot of reciprocity, but you know, a lot of men just gotta do the work, do the work, and um, you know, and trauma. Me personally, because I'm healed, I don't I don't like to deal with trauma babies. So you know, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to get therapy, to address these issues that you have in your life. But I, right now where I'm at is for maintenance. I'm, I'm good, I'm on autopilot, you know what I mean? So, hey, this is what I see what's going on. Let's correct these patterns of behavior. Please get, get your therapy going on. If not, I'm gonna have to bounce straight up. <laughs> love it. I, love I like it. it. Yeah, I love that. I love it, man. When you when you invest that much time and energy into making sure that you're healthy and whole, you you can't jeopardize that. You know, trying to fix somebody else, man. And you invest so much time and energy in helping them heal and get whole and become a better person, and you will lose yourself in the process. You know, I see it happen so often, so many times, man. And it's dangerous. It's a dangerous game, you know. And then you got to rebuild yourself. But sometimes people. They, they, they go through that process, rebuild themselves, and they go back and do the same thing. Because they weren't really healed. Yeah. So there's a part of, the, the, of what Eugene was saying. So 
I get not staying in a situation with someone who just isn't trying to do the work. Yeah. Don't even know what the work is. They're just, you know, because that will bring you down. But a part of being healed is attracting partners who are in alignment with you. So if you consider yourself healed and you're continually like having these interactions with like low vibrational beings who aren't healed, you might not be healed either because there's something in you that's attracting them. It could be a lack of boundaries. It could be a number of things, but you eventually want to get to the place where more of the type of people you want to meet are coming to you. You're attracting them. Even when we talk about Carl, like you mentioned, trauma bonds. If I'm an empath and I don't know that I'm an empath and I don't really set boundaries, of course, I'm more likely to always date a narcissist. Narcissists feed off of their energy. They can pull it out of a crowd. So then when you go back and you're saying, I don't like this. Why do I keep getting with people who are this particular way? Something isn't healed. Yeah, um, I would like to respond to Tommy. Um, you you can't help what you attract, but you can control what you allow in your life. So uh, that's my response in regards to Tommy. I like that. I like that. And, and you know what? You said something about being an empath. And I think um, people who are empaths and don't realize they're empaths, are taking on so much and absorbing so much and don't realize like when we talk about soul ties i mean you can you can have soul ties without having sex you know what i'm saying like you you can take on a person's unhealthy emotions and spirits and all that stuff and you can take that off of them and if you don't if you're not transmuting that you know what I'm saying? You're not getting that out of you you're not praying and covering yourself or whatever it may be meditating to reset, recalibrate, and make yourself whole, you're walking around with all this toxicity and, and this baggage and all this stuff, and you your whole mood is changing. You don't realize why your mood is changing because somebody you tied to is going through some stuff, and it's affecting your spirit, man. So it's like it's so much education making sure you align, making sure you tap in, that your vibrations are high, making sure that, you know what I'm saying, you one with God, like making sure you clear. Whatever it is you ascribe to, you gotta make sure that each day you wake up, okay, I'm walking in purpose. I'm manifesting what I desire. And I'm addressing the stuff that's in me and I'm getting rid of it, I'm circumcising it, I'm circumcising it, I'm getting it out, I'm cutting it off, I'm cutting ties, I'm doing everything I gotta do to be where I need to be. You know what I'm saying? And I don't feel like that's talked about enough. I don't feel like we do enough of that because that would help us so much in that process. I feel like there's a lack of know-how and awareness. So like, when did you come to this concept and this knowledge of that? Because I'll be honest with you, we, the dude next door, he don't know what a soul tide is, right? I mean... I probably learned a couple months ago from my daughter. I'm just going to be brutally honest with y'all. She tapped into uh, spirituality and now we saging and all kinds of stuff, right? And so like some people don't understand that they don't know it. So my question to you is, Carl, when did you embark on that concept? You know, for me, uh, I've always been big on meditation. Like meditation, I think, you know what, I'll be honest with you. Uh, going to school for counseling to become a counselor probably saved my life. 
it gave me tools and skills that I was given to help other people that in turn helped me become a, a better, like more whole. But I had this mindset. I helped so many people that I didn't realize how to help myself. I didn't ever take time to help me. You know what I mean? And it wasn't until after I lost my father, uh, I was 27, I lost my father, it broke me. But it, I didn't I didn't go through a trauma. Like, I mean, I didn't, well, I didn't go through the depression. I didn't go through the dysfunction until like two or three years after that. I didn't allow myself to feel. I just was helping, focus on my mom, my family, you know, church, whatever. I was trying to help everybody else, make sure everybody was good so nobody felt his loss as much as, as as I was feeling, right? You know, I watched my father take his last breath. That messed me up. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing I can do. Helpless. And I see you watching that man take his last breath. That I, can, I can't get that out of my head. So it wasn't until I got married that I felt the absence of him because I didn't have anybody to talk to. He was my confidant, you know? And I feel like a lot of brothers who don't either have their father in their life or lose somebody that was their confidant that they really trusted. Cause it's hard for certain people to find trusted ears and voices. And that was my trusted ear to lose that. It caused me to look within. Like I hadn't, cause I don't really trust people to open up to like that. So I had to search within to find myself. And then once I uh, went through my separation, I think that took me to a, a, a different place. And I had to really look at that and, and actually it helped both of us because she started going down the spiritual path, finding, discovering herself. I was doing the same thing, which is why we're able to be great friends right now because we both turned towards self-reflection and work. And so we both was doing the work and assisting one another in doing the work. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, my greatest lessons came after my greatest pains. You know what I'm saying? And so it forced me. I had no other choice. Otherwise, I would have just kept going how I was going. But, you know, church teaches you a lot. Like church, you know what I'm saying? Your faith. You learn a lot. But it's not till you're in that storm that you got to exercise that muscle. You know, you, you've you been in the weight room training, but it's not till it's game time that you know how strong you are. If you're really prepared, if you really got the tools to come away with the victory. and I was just thrust in fire and had to figure it out. And that's what I did. I I got my chakras aligned, meditated daily, you know, um, got everything I needed, you know, um, my Palo Santo, all that stuff. I prayed to God daily, you know what I'm saying? Like I did everything I could to make sure I was whole. So a lot of that taboo stuff, it's, you know, people are fearful of things that are even in what you're, describing to you just haven't been educated on it you know what i'm saying so it's funny how meditation is tied to buddhism and other religions where it's in the bible too but we just don't practice that we just we got this one box of things that is taught preached and, 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 and you know what i'm saying but it's so much more so i don't know i'm sorry it's a long way an answer but that's my that's my answer trauma led me to healing thanks for sharing that and I think it's important that brothers be more open. People in general, like, you know, trauma, trauma, pain only has power when you give it power. You know, there's nothing you can hear about me in the streets that I ain't probably talked to you about myself. I've been open to say, hey, this is what it is. I did it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't perfect. 
he's still working on me. So I, I'm not going to be ashamed. Like, I feel like we've been taught shame. And I feel like that's an issue in dating because you walking around, you got all this, this little box of secrets. You got this little closet of, of skeletons you're not speaking on because you've been taught to be ashamed of those things, you know? And so a brother talk about when, if, if a man, you know, has a certain sexuality, he may not share it because why? Because of shame. You know what I'm saying? If, if a woman, because uh, I, I don't know what it is, but I attract a lot of women that like women and men, you know what I'm saying? And so I may, because I create safe spaces for them to open up and talk about whatever it is they enjoy. Like, I don't know what it is, but people are comfortable opening up and expressing themselves to me. And I realize that at, at the core of it is that I don't, I don't bring shame to them. I don't shame anybody. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to shame you. I don't, I feel like we all are who we are. And we learn from that and we grow from that. And that's the only way you can build a true relationship and foundation. I think that's so good. So people always ask me, like, what are these secrets to dating? And honestly, one of the biggest secrets is just listening to the guy, right? And just giving him space to talk. Because a lot of times they don't even have that simple space to do that. And just even a simple, how was your day? Like, what was good about the day? Did anything stress you out? You want to talk about it? Like, even just giving them the space does so much, but you got to be prepared for that too. Because I know some women are like, I don't want to see my man crying. Well, why doesn't he open up? And then he opens up and then you shame him. And it's like, okay, I'm never opening up again. It's like, you know, it's like a cycle. So it's rough. It is rough. Um, I wanted to back go on Carl, uh, what you were speaking on um, in regards to vulnerability. Um, I feel like you got to walk a really thin line when you're being expressive towards women about uh, certain things, especially in the beginning, because it's going to be too much. Um, but also, uh, you, you do have to be vulnerable a little bit because, uh, let's say it's a long day and I got a client stressing me out, stressing me out you know, and I don't want to talk about it because I don't want it to be like a sign of weakness, but she might take it as, I'm upset with her and that could cause the issue because I'm not being vulnerable. But I'm, you know, everything's going great. It's a long day. It's just this client that stressed me out. Just let me deal with this on my own. Because as men and women as well, you know, we gotta be the leaders, the providers, the protectors. We gotta be that dude. And to turn and we come home and we uh, like diarrhea at the mouth, they're gonna they it's gonna turn them off. So I just learned that's why I got a counselor. So, you know, we talk twice a week, not twice a week, once every two weeks, correction. So if I need to vent on something, I can vent it or I can get on one of my dogs and we're going to rap. Uh, so that's that's how I learned about vulnerability because you don't want to come off any type of weakness, especially with women, but it is okay to be vulnerable a little bit, especially on days. That's how I handle situations. Um, also, I wanted to get back in regards to like questions like, on the phone, I'm, I'm like Tony. Uh, I don't. Uh, I, I forget what the other sister name is. I, I don't want to say her name incorrectly. But when I'm on the phone and I'm probing, um, I'd like to just ask, like, you know, what your family structure is like, or do you got family out here, or is your family married? I want to dig a little bit on that. I like to talk about what they like to do for fun. I try to keep it more like positive experiences. And um, 
you know, what, what, what are your hobbies, things like that. And then I like to keep it maybe like a 20 to 30 minute conversation in the beginning. And then after that, I've determined that we're going to go out for some drinks. Or, you know what I mean? Because what happens is you might talk to the woman for like an hour. You thought you had a good conversation. Boom, she goes. Or you talk to her for an hour and you might not even like her. Just, you know, she's falling off about her ex-husband or the ex-boyfriend who did it so bad. You know, who, you know, now you turned off. So 20, 30 minutes was set up the day. Then being around them uh, in person, getting some drinks, keeping that investment low, you know. And at and when I'm dating actively, she's not the only woman I'm dating. So that's why I said, that's why I have a budget. You know I mean? I'm not trying to impress you with $100 a day, $200 or $300. You know I mean? We're going to get a couple of drinks. We're going to see if we like each other. And we're going to go from there in regards to that night. That's how I handle the situation. And it works out really well. I got a question for you, Eugene. Do you let the women know that they're not the only one you're dating in the yeah. moment? Yeah, uh, for real. I mean, it's a date. If I just first went out on a, if I went out on the date with you, Lashana, and that's our first time, why would you expect that you're the only woman in my life? Like that's great. <laughs> no, you're right. However, some people do, and I think it's good that you articulate that I'm dating, and but that's the thing. Most people don't even know what dating means. Dating, courting, we in a relationship. It's just so many labels and definitions that you have to be upfront. And dudes ask me, are you talking to anyone else right now? And I say, what do you mean by talking to? Right? Let's get clear. So, um, yeah, some people do think when you meet me on match and we go out, you just dating me. That's it. Nah, I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's very like. Uh, uh, narcissistic, very selfish, it's very uh, ignorant, it's very childlike, you know. You, it's, I mean, come on, it's 2021, women got a hundred DICKs on Instagram and Facebook, so. You know, oh my God, Eugene. It just, it, just, it is what it is, so. <laughs> I think that you have a really good process down. Literally, whenever I'm working with a client, those are the exact things I say. So I have a very strict rule about, I'll use myself as an example. If I'm dating a guy, I'm never going to bring another woman up to him ever. Because I don't expect you to ask me about other men that I'm dealing with. Especially if we aren't sleeping together. No. But like you said, never assume that a guy isn't talking to somebody else. Because you should be talking to other people too. Right. You know, and when we get to that point where we decide or if we decide we're going to be exclusive, then we can do that. But I think you're absolutely right. I think you're doing dating the right way, Eugene, for sure. Oh, yeah, most definitely, you know. And um, I appreciate that. Took a lot of trial and error. Got got a lot of information from uh, my man, Alan Roger Curry, you know, uh, definitely get his book, Mode One. And uh, in regards to direct verbal communication, but then also just, you know, active listening, you know, and then there's just so many different dynamics, but that, now I got it where it's a, a, a will in motion, you know, and also on regards to that, then once you get that process down, then you can say, okay, this one, you know, we get along really well, then we can get to the exclusives, uh, exclusivity or I might want to go to a, a top golf, 
type of situation or I might want to go out and meet your friends and stuff like that, you know, but again, definitely I feel like that's where the men is messing up at this beginning piece. We're so just quick to, to hop into bed with you and you don't even know she's crazy or not. You invite this chick over to your house, you know, at least see where a mindset is. See, I, like me personally, I got some experiences with women. So that's why I want to meet you up front, see how it is off real. But yeah, the process is working out really well. And, um, you know, you got to make sure you ask those questions. For the fellas, don't be no trauma baby out here. Don't be no woman's emotional tampon. And uh, just, just figure this thing out in regards to the dating scene and, um, you know, finding those core values of somebody that's aligned with it. Matter of fact, I learned over time that I'm a, I'm an independent thinker, but I realized the women that I've tracked that I'm more interested in dating, they're like Black uh, Republicans. You know, they're very for like do for self. I find out like they're Christian Democrats. It's just that's like a, one of those red flags of what you was talking about, Tony. So you know, just self self aware, just figuring things out, and um, you know, just setting proper expectations for yourself. I think you got really good boundaries, Eugene. And honestly, when a guy when I first meet them and they want me to come over, that's my red flag. I'm like, oh, you just invite the immediate red flag. And, and you don't know their name. You don't know their disposition you just want me to pop up at your house okay next like and i think you have really good boundaries with that that's what's up that's what's up love it i love it all right so before we leave i want you guys to uh guy and ladies to <laughs> leave us with a gym uh eugene just blessed us with a lot of his gems so I would love to hear from you ladies. Uh, what what gems would you leave for those looking at dating, um, getting to know someone, rules of engagement? What would you bless them with? And then after that, I want you all to kind of share where people can find you, support you, be a part of what you're doing, and, and, and et cetera. Lashana, you want to go first? No, you're good. Thank you. Um, so I guess my gem would be to figure out what your individual vetting process is. And so that would be coming up with things that are like deal breakers for you. So I know if I'm talking to a guy and you say a certain number of kids, that's an automatic deal breaker or maybe certain political views. For some people, it's religion. Come up with your ideals and things that are deal breakers. Um, but also leave space for the universe to provide you with what it is you want. You don't want to get so rigid where it's like they don't have anything to work with, but have faith that you'll find what it is you're looking for. But good, get clear on what that is. Establish your core values. Um, and then what was the last part, Carl? You said how they can connect with us. Yeah, yeah. Where they can find you. How can they connect with what you're doing? Okay, they can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is Red underscore precedence, P-R-E-C-E-D-E-N-C-E. -E -E -E. um, I'm working on getting my business page started and doing all the marketing for that. But until then, they can follow me on Instagram. Love it, love it. Thank you. Hey, y'all go follow her, man. She's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. You have me rolling everything. All right, Mr. Shauna, go ahead. So I was going to say, 
ditch the list. It's one thing to have expectations. That's cool. But when you have a list that you're trying to check off, I feel like you will miss your blessing in the middle of that. Um, and what I mean by, oh, he got to be light-skinned, 6'5", no kids, and make at least 80K, blah, 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 blah. Just get to know someone. Because when we have those the list and all the rigid things, that's why you're still single. Like, enjoy life, laugh, smile, get to know the person. And then you will see that your list has, has been minimized because no one's perfect, right? Um, so that's what I would say with that. It, it's cool with expectations, but expectations and a rigid list are two different things. Um, you guys can find me at Miss West Creative Coach on all things social. My brother Eugene, share where they can find you at. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Shana. Hey, that's what's up, man. Um, well, I just added both of y'all on Facebook. I know y'all said go to the ground. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm still like trying to learn this Instagram stuff. And uh, you can look me up on Google, check out my company, Five Hills Investors LLC. Type in my name, Eugene Alexander Colleen. You're going to see the great reviews and things we did uh, community wise. But, um, you know, once again, uh, for the for the men out there, you know, keep the conversations, you know, in the beginning, 20 minutes, um, and, you know, just ask a couple of questions that you might feel that's important, but focus on the positive. Um, you know, yeah, definitely those red flags pay attention, especially uh, when they get the phone off about their ex-husband or their ex-girlfriend and all of this stuff, I, I just know they, they still haven't healed from that. So I don't even go out on a date or for drinks with that. Or if we go out on a drink and they start talking about that, then that's the end of that uh, going further there as well. You know, that's so funny, Eugene. Yeah, I, you got to just know what. What, what works for you, you know what I mean? I like, ask those questions. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I want to know why did your last relationship not work out? I, and I, usually I, by how they respond, that'll give me an idea of are you healed from this or you still love this person? Yeah, I try not I, I try not even to talk about it. You know, what's your <laughs> thing? What, what do you like to do for fun? I don't want to get down there because she's going to start diarrhea off at the mouth. I'm screaming. I, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, you know, I like women, so you know, I'm, I'm thinking about your, your other thing when you're talking anyway. So I don't want to, I don't want to hear. You're thinking that. about sex. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so I don't, I don't want to add more, more than just sex. You know, I'm thinking about some, I'm, I'm whatever. So I don't want to, I don't want to hear about the next man. I want to hear about this man and what we're gonna be doing at the end of the night. So I don't want to be hearing about this stuff. When they start talking about this stuff, that's you know, we game over, you know. Oh, so, man, you crazy. Keep, the, keep, the, keep that first date, second date, keep it to a minimum. And, uh, you know, shoot, usually by the first two, shit, you already know what the play is going forward, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what, man, I love that. Honestly, um, move slow. Like, check that energy, because I think one thing got messed up at when I was young, um, I was just doing too much, doing too much, you know? And uh, now in my older years, I'm wise. And I want to check your energy. I want to know if you're a hater. Because if you hate on other females, 
Mm. I don't like no bitter chicks. I don't like no haters. You know, I don't like people that nitpick at stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I need your energy got to be right. I, I work too hard. I work on my body, mind, soul, and businesses. I can't have you throwing my energy off and now I can't be where I need to be for my kids. Because I'll let you know up front, like, baby, you're not probably right. My kids right now and my businesses are my babies. Like, I got to make sure those are straight before I even start dealing with some new energy. And if that ain't working for you, I'm sorry. You got to kick rocks. You know what I mean? So, energy check. I'm I'm serious, man. I, hey, man, look, I didn't, I, they, you get left on red quick. I ghost you. Like, I don't, I'm an Aquarius. Oh, too. my God. We need to have a part two because there's so many good things we touched on here. And I want us to elaborate on this. We're we going to have do, to do a part two. We can do. We can definitely do a part. That's why I didn't want us to go too long today. You said I ghost, ghost you. Today. I'm an Aquarius. I'm Aquarius, man. We oh, no. They're the worst. Aquarius make the best friends, worst lovers. We're going to do. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. What about Scorpios? What about Scorpios? When you when you see Rachel making a post about Aquarius, it's me. It's me. Well, I'm screaming. I'm part of it. I I'm have my own experience. They say Scorpios are good in bed. I don't know. My best friend, man, he's a Scorpio. He wild. He married now, though. Y'all missed out, ladies. But uh <laughs> Is he happily married? Is he happy? You know what? His wife. Mm-hmm. It's too much. See, okay. She so you're not going to even get into it. She'll cut you. Now, you can range something with the both of them, maybe. But, you know, I'll leave that alone. But I will say <laughs> that, um, that, yeah. I'm so, so those of you that's, you know, well, I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> great time. Great time. We can do this again. I love the vibe. We got it. You guys are very comfortable moving through different issues respectfully, as Justin L.A. Boy would say. Um, oh God! Respectfully, <laughs> um, I love it, and so we're gonna do more, man. Y'all stay tuned. Y'all gotta come back. So everybody watching this, you gotta share this, like it, share it, support it. I'm gonna show the video and the love to Mingo group. So you gonna have to be in there to get the video, but the audio will be available to everybody else. Gotta get in the group to see the video. Much love to y'all. Peace. And you can find me at Carl underscore on all social media bio.fm uh, slash Carl Burnside. You want to find out about my businesses and get plugged in. Hey.